我们是数据管理专家，我们对数据对您的数据防护还原有的非常专业的解决方案。Hello and welcome to episode seventy-one of Great Things with Great Tech, the podcast highlighting companies doing great things with great technology. My name's Anthony Spiteri, and in this episode, we're delving into the evolving landscape of backup solutions, data protection, and the influence of AI technology in that space. That company is Backup Now, and I'm joined by Albert Fu, the CEO and co-founder, or founder actually, of Backup Now. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, Anthony. So,、Good、hey, Albert. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on because it's a few firsts for me on the on the show. Firstly. It's a first in having really someone representing Asia outside of a Australian company, and number two, I think just having a Chinese-based company as well is is quite special because there's there's all these、um, you know sort of differences and nuances with the way that China does things.、Um, so I'm really interested to get into that. But just before we talk about you know backup, China, the state of the market, and a few other things that you offer. I just want to give out a reminder that if you're a fan of great things with great tech and would like to feature on future episodes, you can click on the link on the show notes or head to gtwgt.com and express your interest. As a reminder, all episodes of GTWGT are on all renowned podcasting platforms: Google, Apple, Spotify, all hosted and distributed by Spotify Podcasts. And finally, go to YouTube. Hit the like and subscribe and alert button to make sure that you are up to date with all future episodes. So, Albert, with that out of the way, maybe just give an introduction to yourself and a little bit of an intro into your journey into technology in China. Yeah, sure. Actually,、um, I started to work at a two thousand six, and actually、uh, working for an American company in China, and、uh, I in charge of old IT departments and a data center in China region, and the. During the technology passed in the recent year, though, and the most of the data center moved to the cloud, so that's the things to make a how to say like the revolution of the technology. The people think about is that possible? We will need to maintain the old data center by ourselves. No, so the cloud cloud services or cloud technology will be popular in China, started from the two thousand. Fourteen or two thousand fifteen. So during that years, I I plan to just、uh, to do my own business about the cloud services and、uh, maybe the cloud architecture or the cloud、uh, migration. So I have to start my team and、uh, from two thousand sixteen. And、uh, we start at、uh, Microsoft Azure because most、okay. of us. Both of us are from the Microsoft Training Center, and they were the Microsoft Azure architects. So, from the 2016, we touched the cloud business, and、uh, it's very funny. We we always work with the data, data migration, data recovery, and the, how to say, data mover to another cloud, maybe. And、uh, so from that time, we are thinking about it. That have a opportunity, or the how to say we call the product, can help us easily 
to maintenance our hosting data and uh, hosting services and provide yeah. to our customer. So we have a touch of the maybe the other, how to say we call the other backup server at the first time, and mm -hmm. it's not that powerful. And we continue to touch with Win from 2019, and it gets shocked by our, <laughs> our how to say, technical team. It's really yeah. shocked, and they uh, have many power functions for us, like how to say, migrate the local, the WinWare uh, data center to the cloud, and mm -hmm. uh, we're hosting and we're using the orchestrator to do the DR, and everything looks perfect for us. Yeah. So that's why we to uh, to make our business from the just the cloud hosting to uh, data protection expert. And yep. the, in just for last year, we found that actually when our business growing, we find the the main label and the AI get how to say computation. We both of us in, in China, we think about it, that possible we're using the AI to do some job instead of the manpower. Mm -hmm. So we started to in touch of this area. That's why we have a little bit AI development and right. in our products. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's our company. That's a very yeah, that's a good that's a good explanation overview. Okay, podcast over. No, just just, just joking. <laughs> um Let's let's step back a little bit to I think just before you I, I was interested in something that you said about how you became you know you worked for a big American company and then you know you focused on Azure services in China which and, and people that that don't know that a bit of the differences and the nuances of the China market um, maybe just just give a little bit of a background very quickly as to what is different because you know the, the public cloud and the services there are very different for obvious reasons um, in China to say outside of China. Um, maybe give a little overview as to the, the basic differences. And then I've got another question for you after that around how you then learn and become a, a specialist in that market. Yeah, no problem. I could be trained the China and overseeing the cloud market. That's quite different. In China, we have many cloud provider, many. So that I mean that the OEM one actually they have hosting, they have a computer, they have the uh, GPU resource, and having the maybe the data storage resource in the public cloud, and they have many of them over maybe twenty cloud providers, 20. and they do the competition a lot, and yeah. actually they didn't go deeper in the technology development, but they have say to compete the price. Everyone is about to make the price lower and cheaper to earn the market, but actually it's not that stable and solid. So compare with the overseas, we can we can know like the other AWS and Google, they are top three maybe in the overseas market, and yes. they have the huge customer to give them the how to say the money to to grow their business. But in China, each of the Cloud provider, they're they're surviving. It's not that good because maybe only Ali Cloud, we call Ali Ming in China, and uh, Huawei, and also China Telecom. These three, maybe can, can they can do that better yeah. to earn the market. Rest of them, like the Tencent, like the upstate the Baidu, they are not that really good. Interesting. 
Yeah, so there's it's so it's not the same market landscape as what is outside of China, but to a certain extent, it's it's sort of the same in that there's lots of other providers that are tier two, tier three providers that I would call them that basically take up the slack from what would be the top providers outside of China. So again, Azure, AWS, and Google, obviously from a public cloud perspective, dominate worldwide. But from what you're saying in China, they don't dominate as much because there's a lot more option, right? And then there's a, a lot of, that potentially, is that a, is it a people thing? Is it a just the, the sheer amount of people, businesses, or is it actually a, a trust thing? Or what actually drives that uh, behavior in China? Um, that quite a little bit complex for that. You know, in China, actually, until now, maybe half of the, half of the customer didn't trust the cloud. They think cloud trust. is unsafe. Mm -hmm. Why? Actually, I can totally understand the reason they didn't trust the cloud because in the overseas, uh, like an overseas company, maybe uh, an Australian company, when they want to go to on cloud, they have a technical team to help them to design the architecture and design the security and to let them to know how much you should pay for the entire year and what kind of resource you need to use. But in China, no. When you buy a cloud server or multi application on the China cloud, you just buy the server like buy something on the eBay. You just click next, next, next and select how many CPU and how much RAM and that's all. You have a server, yeah. public the, the RDP port on the internet. So they have been attacked many times. So they think that the resource is, uh, is, is unsafe, but it's that unfair for the public cloud provider. So that's why uh, you asked me about that question. I think in China, the cloud services requirement increase every year. And the people do think about the cloud and the, it's not it's not that solid and uh, stable. Yeah, because is of it, the. Sorry, you go ahead. I was going to say, is, is that just through as well? Um, you know, Chinese customs, business practices, consumer preference. Is that kind of why you are able to be so successful in the market as and do very well? Because you know the the traditionalism of what people think in business leads them to someone like you over a, a more traditional public cloud powerhouse. And actually that's the key point in the China market for, for like the company like us. We normally, we should provide a professional service for our customer. And the, you know, in China, they kind of the, how to say, like the uh, old sailing way, the service is free. The product is we can pay, but the service you need to provide in free. Yeah. So that's why nobody wants to do that in free. And that's why sometimes it's just buying the cloud resource. And yeah. the most of companies like us, they cannot survive survive very good. They don't have the money to earn, to pay for their services, to pay for the engineer. So that's the problem. Yeah. And going back to the engineering and the services, and you mentioned at the start. Um, an academy or a, or a place where you learn to zoo. So in, in in China, when you're growing up and you want to be uh, you want to be in technology, what's the path? I'm interested in the pathway. Like, how, do you go into a 
into a program where there's multiple people, like thousands of people learning the one thing in an academy, then you all come out in the same way or is it more individual? How, how does that work in China? Because I know, how, I know how that works in, say, India and a few other places, but I'm interested in China. Oh, that's very interesting. In China, we have some academic uh, school and they can to teach the, how to say, like the university students or the college students for the maybe like the Cisco, like the Microsoft Red Hat, and they have some lessons and they can have the certification for that. And normally they get the, how to say, to pay for the tuition fee and the exam fee, they can get that. And the rest of the them, they don't have time to go to the school or go to the training center. So they will learn by themselves. They can learn it online. And really in the past three days about the, how to say, the pandemic of the, the COVID-19, and the, most of them then they get very suitable for the online training. So they can train the, the how to say, like the Microsoft, the Red Hat, and the Wimware, Cisco, even Huawei, they can train the people online. So they see that online is a, a pretty good solution for the trainer to, to learn the, the skills. Yeah, and I think that lends itself. I know that China has a very thriving startup culture now. Um, mm -hmm. Tech hubs in, in, in Shenzhen and Beijing. Um, and I, I know there's a Chinese philosophy of, of fast following where you quickly adapt and improve upon existing tech innovations. So is that um, drilled into you as a young person going up up the ranks as well? This this whole concept of we must be innovative and we've got to be technically advanced as, as, a, as, a, as a culture? Uh, actually, no. And uh, from the technical side, sometimes uh, like an engineer of us, and uh, we think about to learn how to to uh, how is the work uh, growing the, their technology. Like we need to go out and see uh, what kind of technology in the outside and the inside. Actually, it's not really much. And uh, you know, in China, their main kind. They always think about uh, we want to keep safe. Everybody should be safe, yeah. and we wanted to keep the world safe. And uh, in China mainland, sometimes we think about we can travel all the world, and we can travel all the China area, uh, and we don't need to worry about that. But understand. you know, yeah, uh, as I say, a Chinese citizen, uh, to be honest, China is uh, pretty safe. And uh, but the technology, yes, you're right. The technology and because the country and the policy issue, most most of the foreign company or the tech company, they stop working with the China local company, mm -hmm. and uh, most of them we cannot get the like how to say the technology skills as soon as possible. So we need to learn from the outside, and uh, yes, that's what happened. It happened from the 2019, and uh, most of us and uh, stop working to learn because they don't have the resource. So that's the problem recently happened in recent year in China local market from the technical side. Yeah, so the market isn't without challenges and you know domestic competition seems like it's it's very stiff. There's lots of competition because there's lots of the, just by sheer volume of population companies and whatnot. So how do you what do you think is different in the China market from the point of view of competition? versus the outside the world? Actually, uh, as a state uh, company runner 
in China, and we needed to fix the problem in the China market. And recently, the China market is divided into two parts. The first part, you're doing the business with the government or the government-related company. And you need to provide everything in, they have, say, we call it Xinchuang, uh, uh, like the, everything built in China, everything yes. made from the China company, like the software, hardware, chips, everything. That's for the China market part. Another part, China is an open, com- open country. So that means the foreign company is still here. We need to do the business with this part. And most of them, they don't want to use the, how to say, like the Huawei product or the everything still in the Dell or the HP news. Yes, that's the, that's the situation we have. So we need to prepare the product for the two part of the business. So most of the China, I'd say the reseller or the product manufacturer, they are changing their, how to say, their vision or their uh, technical development to focus on the to say we call it the China-made chips, this area, because the government wants that, and the yeah. government can pay that much, and the deal will be high. So that's why, if you want to earn money in the rap, in the fast speed, you need to do something related with the China government or the China government-related company. So yeah. that's the situation. Yeah, and how do, how does that then impact your you, say for yourself and and back up now? How does that impact your ability to interact with uh, with foreign partners, as an example? Obviously, you mentioned Veeam. We we know that that's why the conversation is happening now. But just in general, does you have to think about how you productize certain technologies because of that, or do you kind of go, yeah, the government does one thing, but I believe that I can still do something better or equal with foreign technology. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge my bets and go two ways effectively. Sure. Uh, actually, that's the uh, that's the thing we started to do that in the last year. Actually, from last year, we need to fix the market. Uh, you know, we cooperate with Win. So that means actually, uh, if you're using the Win and engine to provide the backup services, the China market will oh, oh sorry, the China customer will ask that question: Is that your engine safe? Or secure, and uh, I say okay. So actually, Win product is, is much more transparency product. They don't have some back end or the back door for that. And that's first thing. And the second, the data is saved on maybe Huawei data store. It's not on the maybe the Dell EMC. Yes. So that means the engine just like a worker to move and do the job. And your your trader, your data, like a trader, still in the how to say your your chip, in the Huawei storage chip. So it's not it's made in China. So your data still safe. Yeah, and that's that's what I think is the point that I'm trying to get is that obviously there's a compliancy and a government push for you know the, the data to be generated and secured and stored on Chinese technology. So as long as it ends on a Huawei system, as an example. Then that's that's a good thing, and you're you're basically leveraging other technology partners like Veeam to to move the data, but it's not seen as a critical component for the compliance of the storage of that data. So in that sense, you can benefit from both worlds, basically. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Until now, we can do that, and uh, in the 
in maybe in the next year, we still do the developing for that. We in the next year, we are trying to do like some backup agent proxy, and maybe in the how to say our own uh, coding. So that's why we can provide it, this coding to the government, let them to check if that is safe enough, and we can use that proxy to cooperate with the wing engine to yeah. do some how to say backup from their maybe the. Uh, and a local HCI platform to read the data and uh, grab the data to our backup repository. So that's the thing that we call it to change your way to win the business with the win. And so that's the thing that we're doing right now. Yeah, it sounds really good. And I definitely, um, you know, the, the second part of this episode will be about, you know, your products and what you do and what you offer. But just to finish off the, the conversation around China and the market, again, it's, it's very fascinating to chat about these things with you. What what would you say is your biggest uh, challenge or inhibitor, you know, being in China and understanding that you do work, you're primarily focused on your Chinese market. And that's one thing, and Chinese customers and businesses, but you need to think bigger picture worldwide with regards to how you bring your technologies to market. So what would be the biggest challenge that you face, you know, being a Chinese company in a global world? Uh, to be honest, actually, if you just only a China company in China, that should be fine right now. But if you're doing the business in the overseas, even in the Asia Pacific area, they still have a little bit problem, like the, the your your transfer currency, like how to say you pay overseas because China government have very strategy how to say the foreign currency payment policy. I cannot just receive the, the foreign dollars directly. I cannot pay them directly. I need to go apply to pay and apply to the, how to say, like the currency control Baru, let them to know I need yeah. to pay the money for the overseas. So we have some business doing in the Malaysia and they, they pay us the US dollars and after a month I can receive it. I provide a punch of the document. So that's the thing that it's a, just a China only own the company, it's very hard to do the business in the overseas. And the, the only way we can to solve this problem is we have to open our branch office or the, how to say, another company or the, how to headquarter move to the overseas, like the uh, Singapore. Yes. Like the, yes, yes. So that's the thing you, some company already did before. And we are trying to find a way to solve problem. And actually, we hope everything, everybody on earth can be safe and we don't want to see many wars so we can doing the technology business very good. I really missed that maybe from the 2010 to 2018, that eight years really got me shocked and uh, I learned and started my job and actually to start my own business in those years and it's pretty good. But recent years, I know that we cannot change the world Yes. We hope to do something good for the world. Uh, that's, that's really good. I, I, I love that way of thinking. It's really commendable. So let's let's talk about the business now. We've talked about China and everything, but let's talk about you know what you guys do and back up now and, and, and what your products subfold and whatnot. So just give a very quick overview of the services that you offer. And then we're going to focus on obviously the backup and disaster recovery part of that. Talk about the AI that you've, you've, you're putting into the into the technology. And then also the amount of, I'm very like taken aback by your volume that you're storing. It's, it's petabytes, right? But 
just start off by saying exactly you know what Backup Now offers and a general overview of the company. Oh, sure. So Backup Now actually we provide a like a bus and a trust platform in China region, and we cooperate with some data center and their like a telecom uh, companies, and uh, we can uh, provide the service for the backup as a service for the maybe the the SaaS service like the Office 65 backup and the point protection and the cloud server protection to our data platform. And a subword is our edge appliance. It can be the, the how to say backup and restore all in one machine. And also right. it can be the one accelerated machine in the client side. They can backup and uh, move the data to our platform. Also, they can be the instant recovery age of appliance in the our customer data center, they can fast in the rapid speed to restore the services for our client. And uh, now we have the policy I just checked today, uh, 2.7 uh, PT to PG. Wow. Okay. That's big. And uh, yes, and uh, actually it's based on the three years. We started maybe zero to that, and uh, yes, they grew very fast because it's recently, you know, some kind of the customer to increase the big data, and they have punch up data, and also we have some customer that uh, say they have the joining the three D video, they have to need to store the data that take a lot of the things to that. Yeah. So. Okay, so a good breadth of services there based on uh, backup, uh, DR, um, and you also do, do you do consultancy as well? Is, is that part of, of the job there or? Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, in China, when we're doing the AI, actually, we need to concern about the, the consultant services for that. People always asking, uh, hi, Albert, if I want to back up the data and to the cloud, can you have me to do the consulting about the cloud structure? And I said, okay, no problem. We have the team to do that. Yeah. So how big is the team? How many employees do you have? Currently, we don't have that much bigger. We have about uh, over 30 people. And okay. we have, the, yeah, we have about uh, 15 to 17 engineers in the headquarters. And we okay. have, I have two companies in the China West the one is in Chengdu, another one is in Lanzhou, and because their China is huge, so we yeah. need to we need some branch office in the in the whole of the China. Oh, that's nice. Okay, so you know you've got about thirty people, roughly half of those are engineers. Um, and then how many data have you got? Multiple data centers that you're in for for your services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, we have to uh, have the data deployed in. Uh, either China East, either China North, and uh, AWS North and AWS West in China. And also we have the data center hosted in China Telecom. We call it the, the China Telecom Cloud. Mm -hmm. And we have three of them. And each of them have the, the about a 203 PB storage already deployed. And their 30 or 40% has been used already. Yeah, okay. And that, that storage, like you mentioned, is, is it all Huawei storage? Yeah, yeah. Normally, we deploy in the telecom data center. We were using Huawei appliance hardware. So yeah. that were more legally, and uh, it's very easy to end the business in China government companies. 
yes, you know, yes, sometimes yes. they want to store the data in their, lo their local brand uh, storage. Okay, I can provide it. Um, and, and did I see that you have, have you got uh, areas outside of China as well? Is there some data centers that you hold as a target outside of China? Yes, we have the Adder and AWS uh, hosting data center in uh, Singapore and uh, Hong Kong. And uh, now we're trying to deploy some bus services platform in the Adder Japan. And uh, that's the thing we have. Okay, that's pretty cool. So, okay, so you are branching out. And, and typically, who are the customers that would want to use your backup or DR services? in Japan, in, in Hong Kong, or in Singapore? Is it is it customers outside of China, or are they Chinese customers who have got presence in those particular regions? Yeah, most of them is uh, China. Uh, they have two kind of the partner. We call the China overseas customer, and another one is the, how to say, the foreign company in China. The first one, the China overseas company, like some game company, they're doing the game, and they want to extend their market to the overseas, so they want to rent the server, in the maybe in the public cloud in Asia, so they when they deploy the server in the maybe like the other OAWS in Japan or in the Hong Kong Singapore, they need to do the protection. So we provided the protection and uh, uh, about the lo local data uh, regulation, the backup data should be stored in the local data center. Yes. So we're using the, how to say, the, maybe the other Japan or the Singapore and the Hong Kong data center to provide it, to protect their data. And the, the second part is about the foreign company in China, like the Hitachi, like the uh, some company in China. Uh, they're a Japan company and they, they have the factory in in China, and sometimes they want to store the data in China locally, and sometimes part of their product is sold to the Asia area. They want to de deploy some application in the overseas. So when they do that, of course, those the data need to store overseas. So yeah. we have to provide it. So that's the two part we use. Pretty awesome that. Um, and, and it look the the fight. I saw that in 2020 you had 500 terabytes. So you've grown. And then in 2022, 1.5, and now you said 2.7 petabytes. That's that's big. Like that's significant. I know I know worldwide numbers, you know, and that number is not insignificant. So what's what's driving most of that core usage of your storage platforms? Uh, actually, uh, you know, when we're doing the bus, normally we think about our customers should from the SMB area, because you know the the how to say. It, the bit enterprise that we're using another story. So when we're doing the SMB, we are trying to focus on the who has the most quantity of the laptops. And we found like the lawyer company and the, how to say some service company, import export company. We're trying to find them and say, okay, we have you have about 100 PC need to backup. Okay, I can give you a backup. And we have set out the package and let them easy to move the data to our data center. So after that, they found it's a very cheap and uh, cost-saving solution for them to back up the data. They have tell them uh, how to say their maybe uh, other customer. So we have more and more opportunities for that. So that's why it's doing the more and more customer to our sales team. Then we have the data to income. Yeah. So you can you can be competitive on price within China probably more than what, say, 
other providers in different regions can be against the public clouds because of the nature of the business. So you, you can drive a, a much cheaper dollars per, per gig price than others. Um, what, what, what is roughly, how much is your storage at the moment out of interest? Uh, one TB should be 3,000 RMB per year. And actually that's included uh, maybe the license. Oh, okay. So what does that work out to uh to US to US dollars? How much rough rough US dollars? Uh US dollars should be less than four hundred dollars. Okay. Less. Okay. So and people still are, are very good on, on providing that. That's awesome. That's really good. I, I I think that's a good price point to be at. Um okay, let's let's talk about you mentioned AI and you know, twenty twenty three wouldn't be a question without AI. So how are you leveraging AI and your backup technologies. Do you, do you leverage it across the board, or is it in, in, in subvault specifically that appliance that you talked about? But how are you leveraging an AI into your services? Yeah, so actually, uh, from last year, we are considering to hire an entire uh, we call it after sales service team, and that that might be increased the number to ten. So ten more people come in, we have to do the just for the services. That will be a huge amount of money to pay. And uh, we started using the OpenAI platform and uh, and how to say, we think about that is a good way to try. So from last year, we're trying the OpenAI and uh, actually it's from the adder, it's not the, the open the GPT, mm -hmm. uh, sorry, the, the, uh, we're just using the OpenAI directly from the adder and uh, we build out our own, how to say, the programming and the, and the coding. And uh, we related to get the services, our contents and the materials that uh, also include our, how to say, the data sheet and uh, let our customer to know, easily to find. If I want to back up the things on the sub vault or back up the things on the, on the bus, how much should I pay? So the AI will tell them how much should they pay and uh, oh. how many workloads they need. Okay. Like the, thing, like the things that you have in the wind. So, so we did that. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, go, go ahead, go, keep, keep going, keep going. Mm -hmm. So that's things that we need to do that, like uh, the chatting boat before. And in this year, we integrated the chatting boat to our platform. And uh, we are trying to do that, like how to say, in China, we have the uh, chat message like a WeChat. And yeah. then we moved this thing to the WeChat. And the people always like to, to finding some solution or finding some contents from the WeChat. So we can give them the the, the portal from the WeChat. They can uh, log in and check uh, what is the best cool. uh, practice for backing the data or restore the data. How cool is that? Because I think people probably don't understand WeChat or probably haven't been exposed to it, don't understand that it's a, it's more than just a chat program. It's a platform, right? And a lot of uh, a lot of companies will write direct integrations. It's almost like an operating system in, in a way. Um, so that's is that what you've done? You, you've plugged into WeChat to create some sort of uh, application on top of that to you know get your customers a little bit more connected. Yeah, yeah, that's what we did. And uh, the 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 last thing we trying to do is about the orchestrating. You know, ah. currently orchestrating is uh, uh, we may have a good like the recovery orchestrator. They are doing a, a good job, but you know sometimes we wanted to to notify and uh, the customer when they want to do the 
the recovery orchestrator things, and the, the AI can provide how to say assistance for them, let them to know what is the next step and what is the the last step the result. Is that working or not? And let them to use that easily. Sometimes our customers they don't have very how to say technical skills in hands, and yes. they need us to help. But the orchestrator is just automatically tools. If we spend too many many power on that, that is not the cost saving way. So that's why we are using the AI to do the assistant for them. Yeah, right. So you're driving efficiency, and like you said, you've you've got thirty people in the company. So using AI technology like that lets you be a lot more efficient, but also still provide a good service to your customers for what they want in terms of data protection. Um, last question around uh, ransomware. So ransomware and cybersecurity, obviously very, very big. I don't talk about it very much on, on these shows because I think it gets talked talk to death. But in the China market, what, what do you see in the China market when it comes to ransomware attacks and cybersecurity? Is it happening as much in China as what is happening outside of China? In China, much happening. It definitely. Trust yeah. me, definitely. And, uh, <laughs> that's the thing, the story I just told you before. When they want to move the data or the application publicly on cloud or even data center, they were they don't have the sense to make their application or the hosting services security. They just think about the cost. When you think about the cost, you were you you might be having a ransomware attack in the future days. So we tell our customer a lot about this thing, but they didn't care. But one day they will find us back. Albert, we have the ransomware attack. Could you help me to protect data? So that's the thing that we have met many times in the past years. And yeah. just last week, I have some customer call us. They have the ransomware attack. There you go. So this is so it is happening. And, th and this is what you guys do. You, you help customers recover from those attacks because you've got backup services, DR services, you've got Subvault that does the on-premises appliance stuff. It's great. Um, just uh, the last question, what's, what's in the future for, for backup now? What are you, what are you planning? What, what um, disruptions in the market are you looking to do to continue to grow your business? Okay, so actually that's the pretty clear. Uh, backup now is kind of the platform company. We have integrated the engine to backup the data and provided a backup service and restore service for our client. And so also we have to do some data regulation for the data control to data appliance in the local market and ensure that people can keep the data safely. And the third is about the most our visionary is uh, we will have our customer or the client to use their backup data to do this, maybe develop like the big data, like yeah, the data. Wow, yep. Yes, that's the things we need to, to to know the value of the data. So that's the things it's a, like kind of the platform company should to do. That's very powerful, I think, and it's a really good direction to go because unlocking that data as a, as a data protection company, you control the data. And you control, and there's a lot of power in that data that's unlocked. So, well done for, for doing that. Hey, let's let's finish up. But uh, before we before we finish, I just want to give you an opportunity um, in Chinese to to give a bit of a message out to people that might be listening to this about uh, your company. So, give a little bit of a shout out to uh, Backup Vault in Chinese for me. We are a data 
我们对数据、对您的数据防护、还原有的非常专业的解决方案。Awesome. Well done, mate. Good stuff. Hey, Albert. Great to have you on, and and thanks for being on the show. It's been really interesting. I love the chat about the China market. Love the chat about what you're doing in that market, and also worldwide, getting some good recognition. So, just as a final note,、um, if you're new here and would like to feature on future episodes, please go to gtwgt.com, hit the like and subscribe button. A big thank you to Albert Fu and Backup Now for being on episode seventy-one of Great Things with Great Tech. Thank you. Thank you.